Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the first official episode of the podcast. Again, we apologize for any audio inconsistencies that you guys saw in the last episode. But don't worry, we're going to fix them. Because actually, right now, we don't have Sean. It's just me, Ricky, and Nick. Because uh, Sean had an unfortunate accident with some sushi. And now he has an incredibly horrible stomach ache. But that's okay. The play, the show must go on. Um, okay, so today we're going to be talking about the NFC-AFC Conference Championships. And because some serious things went down. Some serious things went down in these championships. I want to start off by, there's been a lot of... Um, a lot of analysts, a lot of people saying, you know, we're trying to see the difference between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady's greatness. What makes Tom Brady so great? Because Aaron Rodgers has the arm talent. He has the mobility. He has, he just has all that talent. And I want to just provide a little bit of insight by uh, analyzing Rodgers' post-game interview. Rodgers, in the post-game interview, what he said, a lot of guys' futures that are uncertain myself included and then he went on to say i understand the thinking this is referring to uh, matt lafleur's uh decision to kick the field goal i understand the thinking but it wasn't my decision obviously right here rogers is trying to distance himself away from the packers organization after the loss and you know what he has every right to he has every right to question matt lafleur's decision about that field goal because it was a pretty bad decision they should have went for it on fourth down but we can sort of see Rodgers sort of putting the blame on Matt LaFleur. And I want to fl- go back to when Brady lost the Super Bowl against the Eagles, um, where he threw for over 500 yards, put up 33 points, and his defense led up 41 points. I want to go back. And this was Brady's post-game conference. Just going to include this quote. He was asked about the defensive performance of the Patriots, and this is what Brady said. I was just focused on what we had to do offensively. We get it. We're supposed to move it and score. You see that right there? That is that is the switch in mentality between Brady and Rodgers. Brady's not looking outwards. He's looking within. He's looking in, what can I do to make this team better? What can I do to win games, to win the Super Bowl, to win a championship. And, you know, like I said, Rodgers has every right to question Matt LaFleur. He has every right to question the Packers organization. But the truth is, he got everything he wanted this year. He got a top 10 defense. He got a top three ground game. He got a top three receiver core. He has the number one offensive line in the NFL. He got everything he wanted. And he has every right to question Matt LaFleur. But the difference... Between those two statements, between Brady and Rodgers, that's the difference between going to ten Super Bowls and going to one. And well, let's let's be clear here, okay? Um, I, I know Rodgers said that he wasn't certain about like a lot of people's futures, um, but if you if you saw the Pat McAfee show, he said, you know, I believe I'm staying in Green Bay. So he wants to stay in Green Bay. I know the coaches want him to stay, and even the CEO, President Mark Murphy of the Packers also said that, you know, we're not idiots, and Aaron Rodgers is our leader. So next year, I think it's a gone, confirmed conclusion that Aaron Rodgers is definitely staying in Green Bay. Now, on 
uh, on your take about um, Brady focusing on the within and Rodgers focusing on other things. Yeah, I, I agree that you know Rodgers could have done probably more to help out his team and uh, maybe maybe go score on that in that game-winning drive at the end of the game. Um, but you know, the field goal decision was a terrible decision. Like I honestly don't know why Lafleur was thinking field goal at that point. Like, oh, you're at the eight-yard line, fourth and goal. If you make it, yes, you still have to get a two-point conversion. But you have Aaron Rodgers. And what Matt, Matt LaFleur did was just basically say, no, I don't want Aaron Rodgers. I don't trust this guy. And and he, he went for the field goal, which is, it's not like, like if they get a stop uh, on defense, they only have to like, kick a field goal. Even if they get a stop on defense, they still have to drive down and score a touchdown to win the game. So I really don't understand that decision and I think statistics say that it all the fourth down uh going for it on fourth down was the clear correct decision now Aaron Rodgers is most talented QB of all time uh, I'm, I'm sure we can all agree on that but well I mean uh, Mahomes Mahomes might be all right yeah Mahomes, Mahomes is ascending but we'll see we'll see we'll see what Mahomes has in the future um but right now I give, I give the nod to Rodgers because he's done it for a longer time. Um, and, you know, you've been saying he has everything. He has a running game, although it's not top three. I believe they're, like, top ten. I don't think they're top three. I think um, I think they're top ten. Yeah, I think, I think okay. the passing game and running game is, like, fringe top ten. But overall, as an offense, they're, like, top five. Yeah. Um, you said he has a top ten defense. Um... But come on, okay. Everyone played well on defense in that game, except Kevin King. Like Kevin King, <laughs> everyone that everyone that Brady passed to that was guarded by Kevin King got was open. Like I bet I could have went on the field and did better than Kevin King. Both, How many both, yards did he let up? Like two hundred passing yards. Both I, of like, the Bucks. Brady, do, how many yards? Antoine Winfield. Had? I didn't see Antoine Winfield for the Bucks. One of the Bucks safeties, starting safeties, also went out in the middle of the game. Why didn't Rodgers take Winfield, advantage of that? Winfield doesn't cover wide receivers. They still and had, didn't have two defensive backs. Antoine Winfield is a safety. Kevin King is a cornerback. Kevin King is responsible for covering uh, Mike Evans. And guess what? Mike Evans went off. I feel like that. I feel like that touchdown it's like whoever Kevin was, was like a went. huge turning point. The yeah, one, Kevin the Scotty King Miller. Yeah, the Scotty Miller touchdown. No, but Brady yeah. knew. But Brady knew that was the weakness of that defense, and he exploited that weakness. That's what you're supposed to do. I, yeah, about, I, I understand I, that, but but yeah, like basically, like you know, Roger could have done more to win the game, but the blame is clearly more on the defense and Kevin what? King. Than I don't think you can blame the whole defense. Kevin King well, obviously yeah, didn't have a good game. Kevin King, but Kevin King's part of the defense. Kevin so. King, it, halftime, it, sh- it definitely should have been 14 to 10 going in halftime. I feel like 21 to 10, that, I think that touchdown uh, right before halftime was a huge one. I feel like yeah, I the King. Packers definitely, I, I think the Packers would have won if they didn't give up that touchdown. 
Packers would have won if know. the ref if the refs called a holding on Lazard too. Like I can't believe the refs called a holding last play, yeah. but not on Lazard. They were both jersey tugs, and like the refs were like right next to the play too. It was I mean, debatable. I mean, you're not every call is going to go your way. And, yeah, that's true, but. And there's no guarantee the Packers on that last if if uh it did end up going fourth down on the last drive and Brady had and they had to punt it, it's no guarantee Rodgers was gonna go back and score because he did because he didn't score on, on the previous like two or three times they yeah on the no three Brady turnovers they got on they got in six points like refs sway the win percentage of the game like if if they call the holding against Lazard, Bucks don't score that touchdown. And it's 14-10 going to half. Maybe even 14-13 if they score a field goal. And it's a completely different game. Okay, but the Kevin no, King I... holding was definitely holding. Like, yeah, that was yeah, holding. Yeah. Like, it was... Any Jersey tug is always a, should always be called. But like the Jersey Kevin King holding was always holding. more explicit than... like It was a lot yeah, more like, evident cause, than... Because you could see it, like, his jersey was getting tugged. Like, for the, yeah. for the Rodgers interception, Like it wasn't as clear of like... Like, like, like he was tunnel. pulling his jersey. Like Kevin King was pulling the the dude's jersey. Um, but on the other one, who who was it? I I don't remember who it was. But he wasn't. He was like pulling on his shoulder pad. It wasn't like his shirt. Like you could see his shirt was getting. Yeah, tight. yeah. I mean, the last play was pretty emblematic of who was to blame for the loss. Kevin King failing to cover the guy, and the refs not calling. Yeah, Kevin King Bucks- got burned. Like he got burned twice. Um, allowing touchdowns and then the last um, holding sold the game, I guess. Wait, how okay, many yards like, was like the first touchdown of the game for the Bucks? Like thirty yards, right? First touchdown. Um, yeah, thirty, yeah. 30 yards. yards. And like the the one before halftime was like fifty yards or something. Yeah. And yeah. Brady had like hundred ninety nine yard total passing. Yeah, I don't think there's any excuse. There's, there's literally no excuse for Kevin King to get burned on like the last play of the first half. There's no excuse to get burned. Like you're supposed to be playing deep. I don't understand yeah, how you. Not defensive coordinator. No, but like, thank God they fired him. No, but I like like I said, Brady knows where the weakness is in the defenses, and honestly, I don't think Rodgers does. Roger, I said this before. I said this last week. I said this game was going to come down to which quarterback was smarter. Which quarterback made the right okay. plays at the right times? And Rodgers didn't make the right plays at the right times. Brady, but he didn't have to. It's easier to dissect the weakness of a defense if there's Kevin King. He's easily the weakness of this. He's been he's been playing terrible the entire season. Whereas like Sean Murphy, Bunting, Carlton Davis, they've been pretty good, especially in the playoffs. But the weakness of the Bucks has always been the secondary. The secondary has not played good all regular season. And well, at, during, did you see the playoffs? They intercepted Breeze like four times. That's another thing I want to add is I remember Ricky, you saying last week, Breeze throws three interceptions, Brady wins the game, and you said, "Oh, of course, Brady should have won that game." If he, it's a given to win a game after three interceptions, guess what happened? To, guess what happened last week? Brady throws three interceptions. Rodgers doesn't win the game. Yeah, Rogers. Rogers definitely should have. Well, Rogers could have won like, the more, but Saints don't have a Kevin King on their team. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, they don't have a Kevin King, and Brady still like sliced up that Saints. Like, like what? What 
Name, name a cornerback that's worse than Kevin King. You can't. Kevin King deserves maybe like twenty percent of the responsibility. I think Brady. I think Rogers deserves another twenty percent. Kevin King. Rogers had like. I definitely think. You can't. You can't put like twenty percent of the blame. Yeah, maybe like ten percent of the blame on Rogers. He but, should have converted more of those off the of turnovers. I feel like Rogers. I feel like Rogers and Kevin King have about equal. Have the have to take the blame about yeah. equally. Okay, well, the, the turnovers for the turnovers for the Packers. All right, one was the one like at the end of half where Kevin that was Kevin King's fault for converting that into the touchdown. And another turn, turnover, they returned it back to like the Packers two yard line. So obviously you're gonna convert those into touchdown. Whereas the Packers started their their turnovers from like their own twenty yard line. Like it's completely different. Well, I mean. Again, that's Brady being smart, and like I know it's hard, weird to say that those were smart turnovers, but they really were. Brady knows exactly when to take <laughs> risks. No, this is this is the truth. Brady knows when to take risks and how to manage those risks so that they don't blow up in your face. Because those were calculated risks. Those were risks like, okay, I can throw this interception, but they're all the way, they're still pinned like on their own side of the field. It's not like I'm throwing an interception on my side of the field and they can run it back and potentially uh, score a pick six, which is what Rodgers, th- those, that pick, those two turnovers were bad. You shouldn't, that is, those are really bad places to turn over the ball. Where well, Brady turned over the ball, those were not bad places. Those one were One of them was a fumble by Aaron Jones. So it had nothing to do with Rodgers. But, okay, but you should have seen that coming. Like, you could have seen, like, the Bucks. They that play should not have happened. That Bucks player was reading, read that play so well, like it was. Throws it in the flat to Aaron Jones, expects him to pick up like four yards. Doesn't doesn't expect him to fumble the ball. Like you can't. If that you, was a bad. That was a that ball, was a hard hit. I think a lot of players would have fumbled that ball with that hit because that the helmet went directly into that ball. Like, well, you a lot of players would have fumbled the ball. That was just a good defensive play. Like how are you gonna? How are you supposed to project that? Yeah, you definitely can't blame Rodgers for that play, but I still feel like there was aspects of the game where Rodgers would like should have done better than he than he did. Are the last of the last play? Uh, yeah, Rodgers missed a lot of wide receivers in the end zone, especially yeah. in the red zone. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah. one play where he went to Devontae in like the back of the end zone when Lazar was wide open for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. And I again, that goes back Rogers, to making Rodgers not play a perfect game, but Rodgers. You know, maybe he played like eighty percent perfect. He did not play eighty percent. Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> More like fifty percent perfect. If he yeah, made. I'd say he played about fifty percent perfect. Yeah, I mean, well, like, the only mistakes he made were really in the red zone, which is bad. Couldn't. Those are bad places to make mistakes. Like you need to he be able to convert. Get any points? He yeah, so that counts. Yeah. Like barely got any points off turnovers. Yeah. I mean, I really. I mean, I really again, it comes down to making the right plays at the right times. Rodgers didn't miss much. And Brady made the right plays at the right times. Brady had a 73 passer rating. Brady was, Brady was outplayed by Rodgers. Yeah, Brady did not have a good game either. But Rodgers definitely did not have a – like, neither, neither quarterback had a really good game. Rodgers had no, 109 I, passer rating. He just yeah, didn't – he couldn't convert. He, he couldn't convert. They had to settle for field goals way too like, many times. Rodgers didn't convert in the clutch. But the only reason that he's he, – the only reason he was presented that opportunity was because Kevin King gave up like three touchdowns. <laughs> that's just that's just good 
like offensive play like that's just like gene offensive like intellect like it's what do you mean every defense has a weakness every defense has a weakness what the bucks the bucks weakness is also the secondary they didn't have any of they didn't have both their defensive backs both their starting defensive backs and Rodgers couldn't exploit it they didn't have safety they couldn't and, and you can exploit that backup. you can exploit you the put, lack of safety backup help safety. you can you put can, a backup safety in to replace replace for Kevin King and he'd, he'd do better. You can put me out there, I'd do better than Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's clearly false, but and it's also it, the D coordinator's fault for not giving Kevin King help because clearly he was getting beat the entire game. Every defense has a weakness, and Rodgers couldn't exploit the Bucks defense, but Brady could. This Bucks defense has doesn't really have many weaknesses. Both of the defensive backs and were out. They were playing with bad ups in the secondary. In the Bucks defense as the Packers defense. Kevin King obviously was exposed last Sunday, but it, the it's Bucks like ridiculous to really pin all the blame on Kevin King when he's not even he's not even the most important person on that defense. He's not even the most what important mean, person on the he on the covers, team. He covers like Mike Evans. I think Jair covered Mike Evans a lot. Mike Evans only had a good game in the first. Like Mike Evans only played well in the first half. The second half, he was almost well. Yeah, because Mike Evans was covered by Kevin King the first half, and Brady exploited it. Brady exploited it. Mike Evans, genius. Has been mostly a red zone threat. Yeah, pretty much. If if one of your cornerbacks is non-existent, there's always one wide receiver open for other team so well i mean not necessarily but the fact that the tampa bay had has two elite wide receivers and scotty miller is scotty miller is respectable i think that they were able to expose you know kevin king kevin king can probably guard like a like any other team's wide receiver too but definitely not the buccaneers terrible the entire season just watch film watch packers film Kevin King cannot cover, cannot cover. He's so slow. He's so bad at everything. <laughs> Kevin King. Oh boy. Can we just like take a moment and like understand the magnitude of Brady going to his tenth Super Bowl? I mean, this guy like, he, like it's so clear. Like he's the coach of this team. Like, what did Leonard Fournette yeah. say? Leonard Fournette said, "I look at Brady as a father figure." Name one. Name one like player. Name one person. You meet this person for like maybe half a year, and immediately you're like, "Oh, he's like a father figure to me." I mean, that's just ridiculous. As not even like as an NFL player level, but as like a leadership level. I mean, when- and this is the same guy that took Antonio Brown and gave him a house. He feeds Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown lives in his basement. Imagine like your like dad go comes up, goes up to your family, and he's like. All right, kids. Um, this is uh, this is Antonio. He uh, he's he works at my uh, company. He's gonna live with us for the next like five or six months. That's ridiculous. Damian, That's like unfathomable. Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard thinks Steph Curry's his father figure. <laughs> no, no. When has he ever yeah, said no. that? Steph Curry is Curry, pretty inspirational, Curry. man. Yeah, yeah, Steph Curry is inspirational. Lillard and Trey Young are Curry's sons. But like I said, it's the leadership aspect. It's the s. It's making other people around you better, and not looking yeah, to them for help. Rodgers makes better too. Rodgers just never had any. Rodgers never had much help from. from Devontae all. Adams, Alan Lazard, yeah. Robert Tunyon. Alan Lazard? You think Alan Lazard is like a oh, number two wide receiver? 
he has weapons. He, I mean, he has he has a, they have a better ground game than the Buccaneers as well, and a top ten defense. Right, like well, he Bucks got everything he asked for. They have a better coach. They have a better coach. But Bucks have the number one run defense. Packers have like the fifteenth best run defense. Um, but I mean, their their defense not. did step up that game. Their defense like, did step yards up. for carry wise. Packers are allowing like four point eight yards. Per yeah, carry. the Buccaneers are number one in run defense. The Packers are four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I think. What about what about pass defense? Pass defense, by yardage wise, um, Packers are seventh. Buccaneers okay, are. You have to go by, to go by like. Yeah, Buccaneers are like. I, I'm not gonna count this out, but they're like average. Run the ball against the Packers way more than they pass. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm confident the Buccaneers are probably like in the 20s for pass defense. I mean, because so many more teams pass against the. That's Buccaneers. even worse. That's actually even worse for Rodgers. Rodgers should have taken advantage of that Buccaneers pass defense. He should have passed. They passed a lot. Rodgers passed like 50 times. They're 21st. And, yeah. Yeah, 21st. Yeah, that's yardage wise though, because a lot of teams pass way more against the Bucks than they run. Because the run defense is really good. Yes, yeah, so like, you would you expect the pass the Rogers, and, and there's there's still many times where Rodgers had to had to settle for for field goals. Yeah, yeah, red zone Rodgers definitely could have done better, but like pass defense wise, Packers are yeah. But that's the difference between that's the difference between Rodgers' greatness and Brady's greatness. Is that Rodgers? Is why this is why Brady is greater than Rod. Rogers doesn't come up in crucial moments in the game like Brady That's does. That's not really why Brady's Brady's had been to like more Super Bowls. It's because Brady's always had the better coach and the better defense. What? Yo, actually, I mean, I I was listening to this other podcast and they brought up this really good point. And honestly, I think we might need to start considering this. Bill Belichick might have honestly been holding Tom Brady back. Like seriously. Like well, look look at how Bill look at Bill Belichick's team now, seven and nine, they're awful. Yeah, yeah. And Bill Belichick I mean, is a GM is like nine, terrible. Seven and nine was like all practice squad players pretty good. Like Belichick definitely carried the all seven wins. Like look at their defense, everything <laughs> off and out pretty much. The offense has no weapons, no running game, no. QB. But Bill Belichick is the GM. He's the GM, so you have to blame him. You have to blame. Well, we're talking. We're talking coaching. We're talking Bill Belichick, the coach, not the GM. But he's. But that. But the GM part plays a role, and that's why he helped Tom Brady back. He yeah, refused Bill to Belichick get Brady has weapons. Always has always has always had like a great defense with Tom Brady. Tom Brady has almost always played with a team with like a top ten defense. I mean, that defense didn't show up in the Eagles Super Bowl, or against the Falcons or even the Seahawks honestly. Well, except Malcolm Butler. all the regular season rankings. They're almost always top 10. Yeah, I'll, I'll give the I'll give the Falcons Super Bowl. I'll give Brady credit for the Falcons Super Bowl. But like his first two Super Bowls were carried by a defense. 2018 was carried by a defense. I think 2014 was carried by Pete Carroll's decision not to run the ball. <laughs> uh, okay, we're just going to forget Brady had led them on a scoring drive. I think it was a touchdown drive to put them in the lead. Yeah, if if like one play, one play would have changed Brady's legacy. Brady makes had like one Super Bowl. That's the difference between Brady and everyone else. He makes the he makes the right plays in the right times. Not no really. Else. No one Brady, else. Brady had no control over whether the Seahawks would run the ball. 
Brady had no control of whether the defense plays well or not. The only the only Super Bowl where Brady actually carried was one Super. It wasn't one against the Falcons. Yeah, but like Rodgers only has one Super Bowl, so yeah, Brady and <laughs> Rodgers are equal in that regard. Because Rodgers well, had a, Rodgers Rodgers had a number like one defense when he won the Super Bowl. Yeah. When Rogers has saying a, that Rogers has zero real Super Bowls because he got carried by his defense the one time he won. Well, think about it. In in the Super Bowl they won, they put up thirty one points. You saw, if you just watch the Super Bowl, Rogers played amazing that game, like three hundred something yards, like three touchdowns or something. And you know, that's the one year he I actually had he got a carried by his defense. Didn't his defense yeah, get a I pick mean, six or something that that game? Yeah, his defense did get a pick six. What but Rogers okay, well, you got can't say by his defense right by your logic? He got carried by his defense. He had a number one defense that season. Rodgers also contributed in the game. He got like 300 plus yeah, yards. Yeah, so Brady contributed, Brady contributed um, in all of the Super Bowls too. I mean, look look, look at his stats in all the Super Bowls. I don't think he had – his stats do not compare to Rodgers. Well, well, how come Rodgers has come up short every year? Like, because Rodgers has never hit a great defense. He had a great defense one year and he got he won it that year. And he has – he's had a top – he had like a top 10 defense this year and he fell short to Brady. Okay, man. Okay, so Kevin King's a top ten defense. Okay, Kevin King is not the entire I defense. Their defense as a whole. I didn't say Kevin King alone is a top ten defense. Yeah, Kevin King alone in the game. Stat. All right. If you look at the stats, if you look at the total defense stats, Green Bay is top ten this season by yards. Kevin, They're number nine. Kevin King has been like a liability. The entire oh, well, if, if he replaced Kevin King with like an actually average corner, the defense would be top. Like if Kevin King's been doing this all year. Then how is Green Bay at number nine in total yards on defense? Well, Kevin King has been doing this all year. Kevin King was actually out a few games. And why then? Then, then how are the Packers top ten? You're saying that the Packers would be number one if they just replaced Kevin King. They would be number one defense. Nah, I'm is saying they'd be defense. What number two defense? No, no, I'm, I'm saying they'd be a legit. Solid defense. Well, they're, they're literally a legit solid. You're saying that the, the, the number nine defense is not a legit defense. <laughs> it's not a legit defense with the way Kevin King played. Yeah, but they by yards, by pa- let's, let's just take passing yards because Kevin King's a corner. By passing yards, the Packers are a number seven defense, the number seven defense in the league. Yeah, because teams used to always run the ball so much against, against the Packers. Why would they run the ball that much? What are you talking about? Wait, I don't even think that's true. I don't think teams run the ball that much against the Packers, except for like a few select games. Maybe Vikings with Dalvin Cook, the second game, and then Buccaneers, their first matchup. And then I think the Colts as well. Yeah, the Packers are the only time for most games. For most games throughout the season, they've been leading for the most part. Yeah. Yo, Sean was right, though. Sean was right about the fact as soon as the Bucks get a lead, like it's over for the Packers. It wasn't over though. Twenty. They no, were leading. I feel like it definitely wasn't over, but no. But like he was like, but there's truth to that statement. I mean, Rogers, like you, yeah, you compare Rogers when he's leading. Wait, sorry. Go, go on. Yeah, I, you can go ahead. I was just gonna say that Rogers has not been as good when he's down. Yeah, I mean, if you compare Rogers when he's leading and Rogers when he's trailing. I mean, you can immediately see the tone shift, you know, like when he's like smiling and laughing when he's leading. And then as soon as soon as he has to step up and start scoring some points and like either tie the game or 
or get the win. Like he's he's nervous. He's like playing tight. He's making mistakes in the red zone. If you want, if you want to get to the Super Bowl multiple times, if you want to win championships, you have to be comfortable playing in uncomfortable situations and not relying on your defense, not relying on the weapons you have every single time. I mean, when you have Kevin King on your team, it's hard to... Bro, Kevin King is not the entire defense. Why are you acting like Kevin King's the only player on that Packers team? He he literally threw the entire game. He gave up like three touchdowns. (laughs) That same defense intercepted Tom Brady three times. Three times. Yeah, because Tom Brady's decision-making suddenly went to throw to Jair Alexander instead of Kevin King. I don't know why. Bucks would have blew the Packers out if he kept throwing to Kevin King. I think the Packers in the red zone, I, f- I feel like they – I think they should start running the ball in the red zone more. Like you you, you you could see if like when they were in the red zone, it was just pass, 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 and then field goal. No, if you I watch know, Packers film, Packers always run the ball in the red zone, except if the Bucks run deep. You can't really run yeah, I know. I, I understand that the, the Bucks have a, a, a top run deep, but if you're just going to pass, you get predictable – and like maybe if you just run once, you might bust the big play. And if not, it's it's not that big of a deal because you your passing in the red zone has not worked this entire game. I mean, yeah, you. I, I mean, you you could say that, but you know, at the end of the day, you could we say that. But uh, Kevin King, at the end of the day, I mean, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's just mean? bad. I mean, if Kevin King didn't play in that game; they would have won. Kevin King should have should Kevin King should have caught that touchdown pass. I mean. Kevin King should have thrown thrown the ball, thrown the touchdown that won the game. <laughs> Aaron Jones, well, yeah, carries twenty seven yards. Kevin King was not in that game; they easily would have won. You guys think Aaron Jones is done in Green Bay? Yeah, Aaron Jones went to the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think he's going to the Jets next. Aaron year. Jones rejected like a twelve million per year dollar contract. He's not coming back. I Yo, think I we... think Green Bay's management the um also contributed because. They took a quarterback in the first round and then a running back in the second round. There are two; those are two positions that you didn't really need, and they Wait, dropped okay. in the first. Actually, round. the AJ Dillon pick actually might not be bad because Aaron Jones did not play. Okay, yeah, but think about well if they could have. Well. Think about if they could have had T. Higgins as their as their wide receiver two this season. T. Higgins, uh, if they took him oh, instead of Jordan Love, T. Higgins has actually been pretty solid this season. That's true. That's true. I mean, I think the Jordan Love pick will only find out maybe like two three years from now whether that was a good pick you know because I, I mean how much yeah, how much longer is Rodgers have? same thing about the Aaron Rodgers pick in 2005 so we don't know yet yeah that's what I'm thinking I I think we can only make like a final judgment on that two three years from now hey whatever the case man Kevin King sold Bro, okay they also took AJ okay. Dillon that, that, that the year when they Kevin King, dude, you don't you don't know happen they passed up TJ Watt to draft Kevin King <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the real Travis. Yeah, they like they, they, they like traded down from like twenty, like Eight. late twenties to the first pick in the second round, and then like a fourth round pick or something. Yeah, yeah. All right, should we move on to Bills? Bills Chiefs. Oh uh, uh, yeah. All right. This is um, an unfortunate game. I think that the. I actually didn't oh. even watch this game. I watched like half of it. That was embarrassing for the Bills on the same. The, the Bills went out to an early um, 9-0 lead, but ever since then, you know, it was all Chiefs. Like, um, Sorry, I'm pulling up the, the, 
the box score or whatever. Um, yeah, after they went to a 9-0 lead, um, the Chiefs came back immediately and they just never looked back. And so, I mean, um, the Chiefs what? ended up winning 38 to 24. Mahomes, 325 yards, three touchdowns. Didn't seem to be affected by his whatever thing toe happened turf. to him last week. Toe turf and his whatever concussion protocol. Next, next strain. Whatever that yeah. one. Nerve uh-huh. on his neck. I'll, I mean, was I the only one out of three of us that picked Chiefs to win? What on yeah, earth made you guys think the Bills would win that game? What on earth would I, made I, you guys I, think I, the Bills would win that game? I didn't expect uh, the Bills... <laughs> hundred percent. The Bills' offense stagnated after they went out to a nine-zero lead. Like yeah, they allowed twenty-one unanswered points after that. It's because they're so predictable. Like you cannot go to a championship nowadays without like some semblance of a run game. Honestly, like even having like your run game doesn't even have to be like like it doesn't have yeah, to be like, like running, a, it like doesn't even have to be an average run game. Interest. I was actually partially trolling. Dude. Yeah, like, Devin Singletary. <laughs> I would definitely would have picked the Chiefs. Six carries, seventeen yards. Devin Singletary. He he seemed <laughs> decent his rookie season, but he's taken a step back this year. He's trash. Um, he's taking a major step back. That's like a jump back. Yeah. Cole Beasley though, seven receptions, eighty-eight yards. That was pretty inspirational. How he's playing on like a broken fibula or something. I think. Yeah. You. You hear he took like painkillers before every game or something like that. He was on like meds. Yeah. Bills. Bills have an amazing um, pass game, passing game, I guess. Yeah, but like that's not enough because then play calling, like you can predict plays. I mean, they were so committed to not running the ball. Like, like the Chiefs' offense was is like extremely creative. Like they're always coming up with like new plays and like even. Even like some of the like you know the shovel pass like th- those yeah like the yeah. Travis Kelsey like to understand when to use those kind of plays like that's what makes their offense so great yeah how do you think the, how do you think the Bills are going to improve their team for next year they definitely have draft to draft running, running back draft a running yeah back. draft running back maybe draft um D lineman maybe well Zach Moss Zach Moss decent. Zach Moss, I mean, he's been okay, but he, I don't know. I don't feel like he's, I don't feel like he could be a workhorse back, though. Like, I think I think the fact that Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are, are both, like, not doing very well signifies that there's a problem with, like, the O-line and run blocking for some reason. So well, I, I mean, think Devin, Devin Singletary averaged, like, five yards a carry his rookie season. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't know if he took a step back or if it was the line. But I mean, running back is running back is usually always um, predicated yeah, really? on line plays. A lot of the time, yeah. But for some, sometimes elite running backs can make a difference, especially if you're talking about like Derrick Henry or someone like Nick Chubb with his vision. But mm-hmm. for the most part, running back is a replaceable position. But with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, Devin Singletary is pretty slow. Like he doesn't he does not have breakaway speed. Yeah. And I think like just adding like one more running back, like almost every NFL team now, they're doing the committee backfield. Like 
you need at least like three like decentish running backs on a team now. Like you can't like I don't think I think the workhorse strategy is a dying uh, offensive trend. Now I guess if you have if you have a workhorse, you only need like two running backs. But if you have like only average running backs, then it's best to have three probably. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's hard. It's hard to find a workhorse back because. Running backs get injured so often, and they're asked to do so much. And even like Dalvin Cook, he's injury prone. Zeke, who was a workhorse back, is not the same as he was before. Derrick Hen, like Christian McCaffrey, was a work is workhorse in the passing and the rushing game. He got injured, so did Saquon Barkley. It's hard to find a good, reliable workhorse back. And the committee backfield approach is so easy. It's like so easy to develop that. I feel like you. I feel like paying your running back huge amounts of money is not a good idea, especially if you see what if we see what happened with Zeke. Like I think Zeke, his his best days as a running back were with a top tier O line. Now that his O line yeah. has like deteriorated, <laughs> Yo, Zeke is fat now. He's he's gone down with his O line. I don't know if it's him or his O line, but he's <laughs> going down with his O line. Yeah, pretty much running backs what? peak like when they enter the league, and then they go downhill from there. True, true, true. Yeah. That's facts. Yo. Like, and, no, you know what I was thinking? Andrew, Andy Reid, so going off the point of Bill Belichick holding Tom Brady back, imagine if Tom Brady had Andy Reid the entire... Because Andy Reid has proved himself without good quarterbacks. He's been to a Super Bowl with Donovan McNabb, He's had multiple winning seasons with like people like Alex Smith, and I think like Michael Vick. He had Michael Vick as well. Hey, no disrespect. Imagine if Andy Reid had Tom Brady. What? I mean, Tom Brady is not as talented as Mahomes. Alex Smith slander will not be tolerated. Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is obviously the better QB. Than yeah, Tom of course, Brady. of course. But imagine like before that, Andy Reid with Tom Brady. I guarantee you, Tom Brady would have more MVPs. He would have broken passing records a lot sooner. And I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe a couple more than Colby would be like such a such an unstoppable duo. Andy Reid, Aaron Rodgers, Andy Reid with Tom Brady, Andy Reid with like I don't know, even like Matt Ryan. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, I think Bill Belichick might have been because Bill Belichick was doing Brady no favors on offense. Well, Brady was a or Belichick was a defensive coach. He always had Brady with like a top ten defense. But he was also the GM too, and he did nothing. He did nothing for Brady. The receivers they drafted were awful, and he refused to get more help as well. They relied so much on Brady, and even even Brady as like an offensive like Brady was essentially that offensive coordinator. Like him I mean, and McDaniel's were like, were even like terrible the last two years. Before that, they were okay. The the receiving core, nah. They've yeah. always like I mean. Randy, they had Randy Moss for one year. Randy like Wes Moss, Welker, Wes Welker, Brandon Lloyd, Dion Branch. Yes, they're okay. No, Randy no. Moss and Wes Welker were good. Obviously, at Gronk, but I mean, so many other teams. Yeah, had Gronk. Gronk. I mean, Mahomes oh, weapons. I mean, Mahomes has more weapons now than Brady had like his entire career. Well, Mahomes has Mahomes weapons right now are arguably like the one of the best in NFL history. True, but that's what I'm saying though. Like, 
Andy Reid also has that capability of turning, of like making offenses so much better. And yeah. Andy Reid with Tom Brady. Yeah. And Andy Reid with Tom Brady is like a number one, number two offense like every single year. Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick by himself it can't he can't produce a number one, number two defense every single year. You know, I mean, he sure it could be top has, ten, but it's not like basically a top ten defense every year. No, but it's not number one or number two. Andy Reid with Tom Brady would be a number one, number two offense every single year. Well, just look at the players that Belichick has. They're not very good. He's the GM. He's that. He's the person to blame if the players aren't good. He because he picks the players. He drafts the players. He finds the players on free agency. But I'm saying like this year. This year, uh, their players are like so bad. And yeah. they still have like a decent defense. I, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll find out in these next uh, couple years who who's going to – I mean, I, I think Brady's clearly won the battle between Brady versus Belichick mm-hmm. after going to his 10th Super Bowl, the one without Belichick. But – Maybe we'll see in the next couple of years whether Belichick actually is the greatest coach of all time because I think Andy Reid will surpass that. Next five or six years, I think Andy Reid will surpass like that title of being the greatest coach of all time. Uh, Brady kind of gets lucky a lot. <laughs> all, si- all six Anything? Super Bowls win. All six Super Bowl wins, all luck. Yeah, none of them counted because they all had a top ten defense or whatever. <laughs> Yo, should we talk about this Watson situation? The Sean Watson uh, situation. Uh, one last thing I want to say about the Chiefs though is that they they're like a really good like team together. Like they have a lot of good leaders. Like mm-hmm. I was looking at some some poster or something. It was like after Nicole Hardman fumbled that muffed that punt, allowing them a touchdown. Like he, he was like all like sad on the sideline or whatever, but his teammates like still still believed in him, still trusted him, and they he still ended up, he ended up getting like a fifty yard run and then like another and then and then a touchdown on on like the next drive or two or whatever, and that's that's just what you like to see on a on a championship team, a lot of great leaders. Yeah, yeah leadership is very important. Something Aaron Rodgers doesn't have, but yeah, well, that's because that is because Aaron Rodgers' personality is not really like that. He like he leads by making his players better. <laughs> Not like hyping them up. Personality is pretty important for being a good leader, dude. Aaron yeah, Rodgers' own family bad. hates him. Rodgers' own family hates hates him, man. No, Rodgers <laughs> like, actually has an amazing personality. You should go watch the Pat McAfee show. He actually, are you gonna be well liked by your teammates if your own family hates you? Just watch the Pat McAfee show. Everyone, <laughs> everyone loves Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. Dude, that's a front. That's a front he puts up. That's not the real Rodgers. <laughs> that's literally the real Rodgers. <laughs> Nah. nah, that's not the real him. I mean, the real Rodgers is out making his teammates better. The real Rodgers is complaining that his coach made the wrong decision. Because it was the wrong decision. And not thinking, and not thinking like Brady does. This is what Brady does. What can I do to win you're the like, game? You're like, yeah. you're like, can I do you're like the reporters better? who thought that Aaron Rodgers hated Matt LaFleur. Well, you know, eventually no, I don't think he hates Matt LaFleur, but I think though- the way he thinks. Even though that was a bad call, like there were still so many opportunities in the game where Rodgers did not like step up. Like they had to settle for too many field goals instead of like you know capping off the like drives with touchdowns. Yeah, there but so many- 
was asking about the call, so he doesn't answer the question. Yeah, no, he could have. He could have said, "Oh, I should have." Uh, the end of the at the end of the day, we should have been scoring touchdowns in the ends in the red zone. Yeah, he could have made it seem that it was like sort of like the blame was on him, not on Matt Lafleur. Alright, you want to talk about Deshaun Watson? Oh yeah, was by Matt Lafleur, so the blame should be on Matt Lafleur. Yeah, okay, that play call was on Matt Lafleur. Yeah, that that specific play call was on Matt Lafleur, but throughout the game, Matt Lafleur was not the only reason the Packers lost. Like Aaron Rodgers, Kevin King obviously had some part to do with it, but (laughs) some part of it has to be on Aaron Rodgers. Everything is on Kevin King. Well, yeah, like literally sixty percent of the game was blown by Kevin King. Kevin King yeah, is that entire team. What percentage of the blame do you think goes to Rodgers? Like, it, there's no way it's absolutely zero. It has to be at least like, like five or ten. Like ten percent. Ten percent. Ten percent. That's still ten. 10%. That's still. That's still ten percent more than zero. Yeah. But my point is, like, Rodgers definitely helped the team more than he hurt him. Well, he didn't help them enough. I don't know because... about that. He didn't help well, them enough. Tim Boyle in the game? The game's a blowout. Tim Boyle? Who's Tim Boyle? Is that the backup corner yeah. for the Packers? No, no, the I don't backup even know his name. Backup quarterback. Alright, yeah, Sean Watson. What you, you, you would expect that Rodgers would do better than he actually did, like especially in the red zone. All right, let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Yeah, we got to talk about Deshaun Watson. Um, Their their GM, uh, Nick Casario or whatever, and their coach have made it clear that they do not have any intentions of trading Deshaun Watson, even though Deshaun Watson is is clearly disgruntled. What did I say Um, to you? We weren't trading him. Bro, what is wrong with the Texas organization? They're like... Yeah. They're actually like... You guys, you guys remember when the previous Texans owner he died, Bob McNair? He was like, "Oh, look at these inmates," and obviously no one took that well because that's yeah. not a good statement to make Houston about your team. Kind of, Dude, he was right. Houston is like a, a penitentiary. What, what do we say? It was like the Houston hostages. They should change their name. Dude, to Houston yeah, Houston, <laughs> the Houston inmates. Bro, that owner, that owner was not joking around. They they will keep their players hostage on the team. <laughs> no, but I, I saw a post on Instagram on CBS Sports. Um, it's kind of interesting actually. They um so in 2019, the Giants GM said that they they did not want to trade Odell Beckham, but they ended up trading him. And the same thing happened with Jamal Adams and Josh Josh Rosen too. But even though he's not as like he's not nearly as good. But yeah. for Odell and Jamal Adams, they their their GMs have said that they do not want it, they did not want to trade them and they want to keep them, but they still end up trading him. So I don't think it's out of the out of the picture that Deshaun Watson won't get traded. Texans are still built different though. Or not Texans offense, Texans front office built different. Yeah, they they are they do seem kind of crazy there. The I, feel like, I feel like they're saying this to like boost his trade value, make him seem harder to trade for. And so that other mm. team will give up more. That's true. Maybe that's Who true. Knows? I yeah, I could I could see that. But I, is the Texas front office smart enough to do that? Are they uh, like smart know. enough to, no. to make that play? Yeah, they probably just 
Watson's locked in on a five-year deal. And They're playing he's... chess while everyone else is playing checkers. <laughs> All right, let's go to like possible trade destinations for Deshaun. Um, so Jets. it looks like Jets, Dolphins, um, maybe Panthers, Bears. He's not going to the Bears. Bears is a long shot. I mean, it's possible, but it's kind of a long shot. The top, the top teams are the Jets, Dolphins, Panthers, Niners, Patriots, and Broncos. And then it's Washington. Yeah. Half of those teams don't have the assets to trade for them, though. The Jets do. Jets and Dolphins do. Jets? Yeah. Wait, what, what do the Jets have? They have picks. They have, I mean, they have two first-round picks this year, right? Don't they? Know. I think they, they, they do. Have like, they have, like, a bright... They don't have like a young superstar. I mean, you don't need they a young. Can, you can just, you just trade the they picks. Can just trade picks. Yeah. All right, but like, who are the Texans gonna get? And it's on the second overall pick. Uh, they could get Justin Fields. They could get maybe Justin Fields, or they they don't really they don't really need to take a quarterback. Honestly, they could they could take the uh, I forgot his name the Suel the O lineman guy Suel. Oh yeah, yeah. Sewell, yeah, Sewell. Other than Laramie Tunsil, the Texans O-line is terrible. Other than Tunsil. <laughs> Dude, didn't they, they gave up a first rounder for Laramie Tunsil? They gave up first and second rounder. I mean, it was oh honestly needed The Texans O-line is, like, atrocious. Like, even after they <laughs> traded for Tunsil, there was still not a good O-line. <laughs> yeah, it was still terrible. Dude, they put in all their chips in Tunsil. They're like, all right, Tunsil, this is... <laughs> This is all on you, man. Texans are definitely going full rebuild. Dude, they've been... If Deshaun Watson wasn't on that team, they would be in rebuilding mode, like, like consistently for the past, like, two, three years. They would not even have a winning record. Do you think the Texans would want Tua? Do you think they would trade Watson for Tua and maybe a few picks? I think they could do that. I Tua, see that happening. Tua in the fourth overall pick. And, yeah, like, maybe... First rounders. Yeah, I could see that happening, especially because the Dolphins had the Texans pick before. So maybe yeah, they want the that Dolphins have the Dolphins players have said that they they don't have faith in Tua to be their guy. <laughs> Is that like wait wait so who reported that? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. It's, it's like a, year, man. You oh, per, yeah. Per by, by shoot, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to look for it. Okay, I mean, like Tua's like a rookie though. Like, how are you gonna lose? Fit? I mean, do you really expect him to be that great as a rookie that you lose that much faith in him that he can't be a starter for a football national football team? Yeah, I mean, he didn't maybe that bad either. Yeah, he didn't play awful. Like, he didn't play like Nathan. Peterman levels bad, or like even, even like Josh Rosen levels of bad. He wasn't even one that thing bad. that, one thing that, um, and I think Sean said this, um, like if you're, um, if you're like comparing with Josh Allen, like Josh Allen was not good during his rookie season, but at least Josh Allen yeah. showed like flashes of like having a strong arm, like flashes of potential, and Tua True. doesn't, Tua is not, Tua doesn't really have that, like. He hasn't really shown sure. – he's just been like a, you know, check down guy, you know. He hasn't 
One thing he probably needs to work on is like reading defenses, and that's definitely going to get better as he uh, gains more experience. I mean, it could be like they see him in practice because there is another side like they get to see him in practice and we don't. Maybe like they see him in practice and he's not really that good in practice as you would expect. And I mean, the other rookie quarterbacks in that were drafted with him, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, I mean, they're playing really well. Joe Burrow was before he got injured. I mean, if you compare them, they're they're kind of they're miles ahead of him right now in terms of talent. Yeah, yeah but that's definitely a possibility. I think, I think Tool will come around. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think Washington should tr- trade to get Deshaun Watson. I think Washington is the perfect place yeah. for Deshaun Washington, Watson to be. Washington, like their entire team is basically complete other than their quarterback. Like if they have a franchise quarterback, they I think they could be immediately be contenders. Who yeah. uh, do the Washington football team have assets though? Oh, uh, I mean, you know, like you would trade, trade like Chase Young? Enough no, picks, no way know. they're trading Chase Young. Isn't, yeah, I don't think they're going to trade Chase Young. Chase How Young, many first-round picks do they have? I don't know. I think just one. Yeah, I mean, they were going to have to. They might have to trade the first-round pick this year, and then next year, and then the year after that to make that. But they did that with um, Robert Griffin, right? Didn't they spend? a lot of picks to get Robert Griffin to trade up for him or something like that. They traded like yeah. two first, two or three first rounders for Robert Griffin to trade up to get Robert Griffin. Yeah. So I can see that, that happening. I mean, their team is complete anyways, so it's not like they need any more assets. Other teams would definitely outmatch the Washington football team in assets, though. Yeah, that's true. That's what... But I mean, I'm just saying Washington is like the perfect place for Deshaun Watson, especially in that division that with like, you got the Eagles who are permanently screwed by that Carson Wentz contract. And well, not permanently, like screwed for like four years by the Carson Wentz contract. The New York Giants, like they, like with Daniel Jones, they have a good, they have a good head coach, I think, Joe Judge, but like even still, they're not really that good. And the Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys who are a dumpster fire like every single year, so. America's well, team. not a dumpster fire. They're just bad every single year. They're going to choke every single year. It's actually crazy that like Patrick Mahomes is almost like the oldest QB in the AFC now. <laughs> After Roethlisberger retires. Now, Big Ben still Big Ben still hasn't retired yet. He hasn't said he's going to retire. No, he's definitely retiring. How, wait, wait, why is Big Ben not said anything about retirement? Like he's like out of all the old quarterbacks, he's the one that needs. I feel bad for him, bro. His receivers are basically preschoolers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so true. Didn't Juju say he wants to leave? I feel like Juju is probably gonna leave. Like the Steelers don't really need to keep him. Yeah, who who's gonna take Juju? James Washington. They have James Washington. Maybe they want some, like, maybe if they want some clout or, like, some TikTok, you know, TikTok <laughs> um, fame. Oh, yeah. Who, wait, which which NFL team has the least TikTok followers? That They're the ones that's going to get, they're going to get Juju. Yeah, the, the, the Detroit Lions social media team um, is, like, 
they, they comment on a lot of people's posts. The yeah, Lions. dude, Detroit Lions, dude, their social media, they should put their social media team out there on the field, man, honestly. Yeah. They'd probably do better. They're probably more entertaining than the Lions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, TikTok really chose Juju. Yeah. Yeah, why doesn't Juju just retire from football? Just do TikTok permanently. I mean, it's less dangerous. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't get bashed as much for his yeah performance. Dude, Juju actually like was a decide like he played a major part in the Steelers losing some games because he fired up those the opposing teams. Like he fired <laughs> them up and he was like Nancy on their logos. Like, so like he made the other teams more aggressive. Yeah, do you see the Bengals game? He got smashed by that safety. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the playoffs you they called the like the Browns is the Browns. The Browns the like nameless nameless yeah. <laughs> Dude, why would you even say that? Like that's not even How does that yeah. like that's not even playing mental games with your opponent. That's just making them mad. You're just making them yeah. mad and you're just gonna make them more like physical. And then Chase Claypool follows up. Oh, the Browns were classless. Disrespectful. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Yeah, I think Ben's definitely retiring. Well, I don't think Steelers would keep him anyway. Yeah, dude, the QB market this year is insane. Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, um, who else? Deshaun Watson might leave as well. When you talk about Matthew Stafford. Where do you think Matthew Stafford's going to go to? Didn't, didn't a report come out something about the 49ers? Yeah, Niners want Stafford. Rams yeah. are also expressing interest in Stafford. Wait, who? Bleach Report has said that the the Bears and the Panthers are also uh, in rumors for trading for Stafford. Yeah, the Bears need to lock up one of these quarterbacks. I'm, me and Nick are Bears fan, in case the listeners don't know, and Ricky is obviously a Packers fan. <laughs> uh, but... But, like, yeah, I mean, I think the Bears really need to lock up Bears, Matthew yeah. Stafford because the next drafts, the QB prospects look awful. They look terrible. Like, I just don't see. Yeah, and if you if you watch the Bears' offense, their offense is so stagnant. Like, their defense is very good. They, like, they make a lot of, like, really good stops. Their offense is stagnant. Like, they cannot score consistently. Yeah. Hey, but knowing I mean, the Bears, they'll take a QB next draft and then – have another five years of rebuild and cycle continue. Yeah, honestly, yeah, that might be the case. I don't think they're going to get – do the Bears have a chance of getting one of the quarterbacks this year in the draft, like Zach Wilson? No, nah, not Zach mm-hmm. Wilson, not Justin Fields, not Trevor Lawrence. Maybe like Trey Lance. Yeah, maybe Trey Lance. Trey Lance or Mac Kyle Jones. Trask. Yeah, Kyle Trask. Mac, Mac Jones. Jones. Yeah. Damn, what the they quarterback? The first round pick on Nagy's returning next season, so. Oh my god. Or the I Bears could trade for Jordan Love, you know? He's always available. <laughs> Dude, Jordan Dude, Love. Nagy's coach of the year might have been a fluke. <laughs> that was a fluke. I think that is a fluke. The guy's not. The guy's lost the locker room. The yeah. players don't really respect him that much anymore, you know? And he doesn't even do. And his play calling is awful. The offensive play calling is terrible. Well, I feel like, like during this coach of the year season, like they actually had some creative plays, like where they would, um, like they would like bring, they would like let 
they'll like pass it to like O linemen or like people that you yeah. wouldn't expect to score touchdowns. But those were all gimmick plays, though. Like those aren't gonna last. You can't yeah, build them off. You can't build also, a... The yeah, defense true. was much better. Did they have Vic Fangio back then. Yeah, they they did have Vic Fangio back then, but Vic Fangio's on the yeah. Broncos now. You know, you know what could happen is Matt Nagy could get fired next year, and Vic Fangio could get fired from the Broncos because he's not. They're not doing really well in the Broncos, and we could yeah. get Vic Fangio back. And since hey. no one hired Eric Bieniemy. We could get Eric Bieniemy to the Chicago Bears. Yeah, but that's if Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace needs to fire Matt Nagy. You think he'll? <laughs> you think he's gonna fire Matt Nagy? If if well, the Bears have another bad, like average to losing season, I think Matt Nagy could be gone. Yeah, making the playoffs is pretty much a curse for the Bears. Ryan it Pace is. has only been good at drafting like mid round, like defensive players. Yeah. Like, other than that, he hasn't. Like Eddie Jackson was a good pick, but like he's also had a bunch of bad picks too, such as you know Dude, we the took... obvious one, Trubisky. Yeah, Adam Shaheen. We took Adam Shaheen over George Kittle. Yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine if we drafted George Kittle instead of Adam Shaheen. <laughs> well, you took Cole Met over like Claypool or something. She's Claypool. And I will say though, Darnell Mooney has been looking like a steal in the. Fifth round, I think it was. He's been able yeah, to... Yeah, yeah. Don't know. He, he's, like, really good at, like, getting separation. I feel, I feel like sometimes he, he, he could have broken so many big plays if he wasn't overthrown, like, so much throughout the season. But with a good quarterback, I think he could be, like, really good. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Um, we're approaching an hour. Actually, we're already over an hour. Yeah, should yeah. we should we do the outro? Our outro. Yeah, me know. me and Sean uh later this week might uh discuss the UFC um uh, versus McGregor. So uh, this might be this will probably be added on to this episode. Yeah. So I mean, for the listeners, like you'll probably just get a cut. And boom, you'll immediately listen to me and Sean. But like for me and Sean, it'll probably be later this week. Boom. Um, yeah, so uh, we got uh, Sean back here to talk about the UFC. Nick and Ricky are not here because they know nothing about fighting. So, uh... <laughs> yo, Sean, what happened? Why are you? What's up with that sushi? Yeah, so we were supposed to record the other episode, our second episode. Uh, we were talking about football, we were talking about NFC Cops Championships, we waiting to talk about the Super Bowl. I ate some bad sushi. Believe <laughs> or not, uh, we were having a celebration. We ordered some sushi, we ordered some poke bowls. I ate some, did not feel well. Took a nap, woke up feeling even worse. I just popped some probiotics. I didn't eat dinner. I had to, you know, warm the thing up, put it on my stomach. Not feeling great. Unfortunately, I missed it. So Ricky and Nick were able to get away with their usual uh, <laughs> buffoonery. Uh, but yeah, especially Ricky. Episodes, I will be back, and I will make sure I continue to school them as I have been. <laughs> yeah, we the me, uh, Ricky, and Nick. We definitely had some interesting conversations about uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. But uh, you you'll just have to listen to the episode when it comes out <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so um today we're talking about mcgregor versus poor rare and Poirier. uh 
Poirier, sorry. It's like, is that a French? Is that French? I don't know. The guy's super white, though. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah, so they, I think I think on January 24th, it was, or maybe 23rd, it was a Saturday, uh, Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier fought. This was McGregor's first fight since the start of 2020, uh, yeah. when he knocked out Donald Cowboy Cerrone. There was a lot of hype entering this fight. Uh, McGregor was the overwhelming favorite. I think the odds were 3-1 to one that he would win. Um, largely because you know, he's such a big figure and he's so popular, everyone knows his name. Um, Borey actually went a little bit under the, a little bit underrated coming to the fight. Um, you know, McGregor and Borey fought in 2014, so six years ago. Uh, but it seemed like a lot of people were predicting a McGregor knockout in the early rounds because yeah. um, I think McGregor knocked up Borey in the first round the last time they fought. But this time around, it was quite different. Uh, it was an early knockout. Uh, the fight ended in the second round, but believe it or not, it was actually kind of Riker who was knocked out and not Dustin Poirier. Now, this time it was Poirier during the knocking out. Uh, Turin, what were your what were your thoughts? Yo, Poirier is underrated, isn't he? Didn't he beat yeah. uh he beat Max Holloway twice? Yeah, beat yeah he did. Eddie Alvarez. Was his fight with Khabib close? His fight with with Khabib was close, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was one of the closer fights of Khabib's career, like. Um, I, I think he went longer against Khabib than Gaethje or McGregor did. I think they went over. Yeah, yeah. He, he, beat, he beat Gaethje too. Yeah, and it oh. almost beat Gaethje. Uh, I think the number two fighter in the world right now, or in the lightweight division. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So maybe it's because maybe it's the counter effect. Maybe it's because he's not as big of a name. Poirier was pretty slept on during the fight. Uh, but he's been he's improved so much since since the last fight. Um, and you know this is seen. Dude, well, Connor's Con- off boxing and, and beating up washed up fighters like Poria <laughs> uh, is definitely out here training it. Uh, and the leg kicks, leg yeah, kicks are insane. That was the name uh, of the story. Yeah, that was the leg kick. Connor had no defense against those. And obviously, when you get into leg kicks, I feel like people now, like a lot of like fans that watch, even me like kind of underestimate like leg kicks like we always focus on like punching and like the wrestling aspect but like when you get like a full like kicking is a lot of power when you get a full like blown kick to your shins or your calves like that will snap the energy out of you completely like it will take out your legs for like the next like the rest of the fight so, yeah yeah, yeah. i think it was like connor was just eating them up he wasn't doing much to yeah i know towards the end he was like you know trying to like pick up uh, yeah, Poirier's kicks, but in the first yeah. round he was just he was just taking them, and it was it was obviously like, uh, you know, in, 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 in the in the in the the fight it didn't look like he was too effective, but by the second round it was clear McGregor was not the same. Uh, yeah, kicks were definitely starting to see the effect. McGregor wasn't as quick, he wasn't as fast. His punches weren't as strong, weren't as powerful, and because of that, you know, Poirier, who's a pretty underrated boxer, was actually able to you know knock out McGregor uh, on his feet and. Uh, I think I was listening to a story, and they're kind of talking about how McGregor hasn't really fought a premier UFC fighter since um, since his fight against Khabib, um, who's not Wait, what, what, yes. a, a very prolific, prolific striker. So in actuality, like McGregor hasn't fought a good striker in, in Wait, three, four what about years. Diaz? What about Diaz? Didn't he fight Diaz recently? Yeah, yeah, but that was like that was like 2017, you know, 2018. It was a long time ago. Oh yeah, Khabib it was. was primarily a wrestler, right? And that was yeah, yeah. Uh, his last fight since, you know, until he fought Cowboy. 
which mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not really you know counting as an, as an actual fight. <laughs> uh, so really, like Connor hasn't had to uh, experience kind of the modern, you know, innovative uh, striking that includes leg kicks that Poirier yeah. brought yeah. against him, uh, you know, this past Saturday. And because of that, you know, Connor, you know, for a reason didn't defend it. It didn't look like he, he prepared for those leg kicks. And because of that, he he fairly got you know, embarrassed, right? I mean, it's a second round knockout. I mean, okay, the thing with the second round knockout, Connor gets always gets gassed. Like that's like his yeah. like weakness. He's always gassed. So like, I definitely didn't expect the fight to go very long. I knew one of them was gonna get knocked out, but he just looked. He didn't look like the same person as he used to be. You know, like he was. He was slow, and I don't think he's a competitor anymore. I think he's just mm-hmm. doing it. I think he's just doing it now, just cause, just cause he has to. You know, like he doesn't have that spark. You saw him yeah. like in the fight. Like he's not, he's not energetic. His punches aren't land aren't like as powerful as they once were. And I mean, he might be doing like better training, but. It, competition is completely different you got to be you got to be an animal you got to be like especially when you're fighting you got to want it you know and he didn't want it yeah yeah i maybe it's because you know he's he's made in life right made 100 mil out that fight with mayweather um and, and you know it's hard to get in the gym right it's hard to stay motivated it's hard to have that drive when you know you have all the money you would ever need yeah, yeah. um and maybe it's you know maybe he still does that still have that drive maybe he still has a passion we didn't see that Saturday, so. but I don't think so. Um, he's certainly out of practice, right? He certainly uh, certainly doesn't have momentum on his side, right? When you <laughs> haven't fought a serious contender in three, four years, it's it's really hard to lose that edge, yeah. right? I think that's what really was the difference between McGregor and Poirier, because Poirier has been active in the UFC, he has been fighting top fighters, and McGregor just hasn't, right? And this difference in experience really, you know, was apparent in the fight. So, yeah, Wait, I really did McGregor. Didn't McGregor compliment Poirier before the fight? He was like, "Oh yeah, I love what this guy's doing." He's who does that? Yeah, <laughs> what? yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, like McGregor did talk a lot of trash and leave. Probably for the better. Um, you know, it, it didn't work out so well last time he he talked trash against Khabib. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just don't know what's uh, you know what's 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 next for Connor because he's not as good as Poirier as we saw. I don't think he's as good as Gaethje, although. We haven't seen the two ever fight. Uh, all, all, all Oliveira absolutely smashed. Uh, I think it was Tony Ferguson last time yeah. he fought, and then we saw Michael Chandler with the the first round knockout over uh, over uh, Dan Hooker, right? Which is also a brilliant introduction or UFC debut for him. So I just don't think McGregor is in the top five of the lightweight division anymore. Um, so I really just don't know what's next. Maybe a, a fight three against Diaz. Maybe moving up. A weight class or two to, to fight Diaz. Maybe it's you know fighting another washed up person like Tony. Um, I I just don't know. What's Diaz would not be a good fight for him. Moving, he has to move so? up. He's got to move up, dude. His power, his punches are not powerful. Like he needs to stay light. I mean, when you if you're gonna move up, like he, like I said, he doesn't have that same spark. How is he? How are you gonna expect to move up and expect your punches? to knock out someone that much heavier than you when you're not used to when you're used to knocking out lighter guys especially okay. if he gets he gets gassed out too so he has to knock someone out he can't win by decision 
Although point. to be fair, he did beat he he his second fight he did beat Nate Diaz by decision. I think it was. I think it went all five rounds. Um, so, that was a long time ago. You like yeah, it, it, it was definitely a long time ago, right? Yeah. So I'm not sure if there, there even is hype for like a Nate Diaz Conor McGregor triple. I feel like that arc's kind of already been dead. Yeah. They haven't really been talking trash for a long time. But you know, Nate Diaz does have 12 losses. Um, he hasn't fought since November. I don't think he's fought since 2019 when he got knocked out by Masvidal. Um, so maybe right, just because both of these guys you know haven't really been active, they they're both coming off of losses. Maybe that's the move for for Connor. But because if he stays a lightweight, I don't think he'll contend anytime soon. Right? I don't think he'll be fighting for a championship anytime soon. Uh, and I don't know if Connor wants to. Um, you know, fight if it's not for a belt, um, and if it's not for like kind of like a rivalry type deal, like you'd have with Diaz. So yeah, is Con- does Connor really believe he can win a belt again? I mean, I, I mean, I just don't know. I mean, I think even he knows he doesn't have that same spark. I think he should retire. Like seriously, I think he should retire. I mean, he's thirty-two. He's got kids. Uh, he has a successful um. Is it a beer company? Whiskey. What is it? Yeah, yeah, whiskey. Whiskey, whiskey company. Yeah, what? Like, the younger guys are coming in, and they need they need to fight. They need the money. You know, they need it for survival. This guy doesn't need to survive anymore. What is he fighting for at this point? He's got everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if, if this ends up being Connor's last fight, or if he you know, loses, loses another fight after this, and he calls it a career... Um, you know, I th- I still think we'll, we'll remember him as, as being a great UFC fighter, right? He's the first ever global champion in the UFC. Um, but I don't think he'll go down as one of the greatest fighters of all time, right? He'll go no. down as the most impactful UFC athlete ever. Right? Yeah. We'll remember him for the trash talk. We'll remember him for the, you know, for the business acumen. But yeah. we will not remember him for his fights. We'll remember him for his press conferences and his whiskey brand. But we won't remember him for his punches or his kicks or his strikes yeah. or his grappling. You know what we might remember him for? For uh, knocking out Jake Paul, potentially. True. What happened? Yeah, speaking of Jake Paul, uh, I know in the lead-up to McGregor versus Poirier, uh, he was offering McGregor a $50 million contract deal uh, to, to, you know, to box him. Um, I think after... But in hindsight, you know, maybe that would have been a good deal. I mean, listen, Logan Paul's fighting Mayweather, and Mayweather is a far greater combat sports athlete than McGregor is. So I certainly don't think it's below him to go fight someone like Jake Paul, uh, who, in my opinion, would be easy money. Um, but uh doesn't look like that's gonna happen anytime soon. Oh, since it was announced that Ben Askren, another UFC fighter, whose most recent bout was him getting his ass knocked out by Jorge Masvidal, will also be, uh, or, or will be the one fighting Jake Paul, uh, I think, in April of this year. How tall is Ben Askren? He's, I think he's quite a bit shorter than Jake Paul, actually. They weigh similar amounts, but... Oh, never mind. Ben Askren is 5'11". I think it's like the same height as Jake Paul. Yo, ben they have, Jake Paul's 6'1". No, Jake Paul's not actually 6'1". I think he's like 5'11". Okay, okay. He's as tall as um KSI, and KSI is like 5'11", 6 feet. So. Alright, alright. So, so, probably the same height. Um, okay, this could be... Uh, actually, Ben Askren might actually like be 
I don't think this is going to be close. I think Ben Askren is going to annihilate Jake Paul. They're yeah, not I, even... think, I think your thinking is a reflection of how good of a move this is for Jake Paul, right? Because Jake Paul, you know, he beat up Deji, right? KSI's little brother, <laughs> no boxing experience. And was clearly, you know, not a very good boxer. But afterwards, he knocked on Nate Robinson, who is a great athlete. He was even worse than not... Deji. Yeah, who might have been, but in terms of boxing, he might have actually been worse than Deji, right? And now he's fighting Ben Askren, who's a UFC fighter, a former UFC fighter. Not a terrible one at that. I think his record is is, is really not all that bad. Um, but when people hear a UFC fighter, you think a really well-rounded fighter, right? You think he's going to be a good striker, a good wrestler. But yeah. in Ben Askren's case, he might actually be the worst striker in UFC history for the amount of success he has had. Because he's a terrible, a terrible boxer. Um, he mostly made his bread and butter by wrestling, by grappling. Yeah. Because um, in actual, he's he's not a good striker at all, despite you know ha- being on the UFC roster and, and having quite a few wins to his name. But the average person doesn't really know that, right? They just see oh Ben Askren, I don't know who Ben Askren is, um, but I know he's a UFC fighter, right? Or at least that's what the broadcasts tell me. And when people hear that, they assume oh UFC fighter must be a good fighter, which means he's a good boxer, right? And if Jake Paul ends up winning this, he can say he beat a professional fighter in a fighting sport, right? Boxing, but is that really all that impressive? I don't know. We'll have to see how Ben Ashford looks. Um, but nonetheless, if Jake Paul wins, all props to him, you know, because Ben Ashford might not be a great boxer, but he still has experience in the ring, right? He still knows what it means to get thrown punches at, right? To uh, be in that kind of uh, dangerous situation, uh, which can't really be said for any Jake's past opponents. Um, so regardless of how experienced Ashford might be, this will be a really impressive win for Jake. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what are your thoughts, sir? Yeah, so Askren, yeah, Askren has a wrestling background. Um, dang, this is a good move for Jake. If he, if he beats Askren, do you think he comes for McGregor next? Well, he's been coming for McGregor. Well, I mean, I, I mean, McGregor do you think McGregor... only happens if McGregor wants to do it, or to clarify. The McGregor fight only happens if McGregor retires from the UFC. I don't think McGregor will do a UFC fight and then go fight Jake. It, it just doesn't really make sense, right? I think if McGregor is to box, you know, do these spectacle boxings like Floyd is doing, he needs to wrap up his his his, his kind of primary career first, right? Which is being a UFC fighter. Yeah. So I am interested to see a uh, potential McGregor all. Boxing match, but of course, this, this is predicated upon uh, Jake Paul beating Ben Askren. So we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see. Do you, okay. I see, okay. So I'm thinking about this because KSI and Jake Paul was supposed to happen like I think a year ago, maybe two years ago. Yeah, and for reference, I think KSI beat some British YouTuber, and then and then he also beat Logan Paul. All right. Or he, yeah, yeah, he beat, he beat Joe Weller, dude, and then yeah, Joe then Weller. Tied with Logan Paul. Like, tied, and right. Beat, and beat him after. And, and, and then he beat him. Which is kind of funny, because KS hasn't done anything since that fight, right? But Logan Paul is no, but about to fight Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. <laughs> how that, how that out. No, it's because it's because of lockdown. He can't get out of the country. So oh, the Jake Paul fight would have happened a lot sooner, but he can't. He literally cannot leave the country. Oh, okay. Okay. So Man. Yeah, I think if Jake beats Ben, a fight against KSI would not be bad. Right, because then you would kind of have that like that stamp of approval 
right? That these fights are like legitimate boxing matches and it's not just all spectacle, right? Because Jake would have beat, you know, another legitimate fighter. Um, yeah, I, oh. I would definitely love to see a Paul KSI fight. Um, yeah, but how long can Jake do this? How long can you pit, like, fight, like, pseudo-fight, like, pseudo-boxers? Like, people, like, you'd expect to be good at boxing, but they're not really, you know, they don't really got the experience. Because we know, like, Jake Paul cannot fight a real professional boxer. Like, it's just, he knows that's not going to happen. Like, we know it's not going to happen. These guys have been training, like, their, almost their entire life. Yeah. They're, they, they're hungrier than him. They want it more. They have better technique. I think it ends at KSI. I think he he may or may not beat Ben Askren. It really has it's really no stakes for him. If he doesn't win, like it's like, oh okay, Ben Askren was a UFC fighter, doesn't really matter. If he does win, that's huge. Mm-hmm. I and then after that, if McGregor does retire or something, I think he comes after McGregor. And then finally after after Corona, after this pandemic, once we were able to like travel and stuff, I think he goes to KSI and I think KSI beats him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. If if okay, you know, since Jake Paul's fighting Ben Askren, it's still kind of up in there, right? Like, oh, who's really gonna win? But McGregor, but McGregor won ten rounds against Mayweather, right? Mayweather was trying, yeah. and McGregor, is, you know, he's still in this stage of his career, he's still one of the best strikers, uh, and you know, the, the UFC lightweight division has ever seen. So there'd be absolutely no shame if Jake loses McGregor. I'm sure both of them would make a lot of money. Um, and well, not lose, anymore. McGregor oh, will only make like yeah. three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, win or lose, um, you know, if Jake beats McGregor, that's great. But if he loses, that would still promote any future fights he would do, right? Maybe one against KSI, like you said. So everyone's that saying that definitely... gonna win. Michael Chandler, mark my words, I think he finishes Jake Paul. Oh my! Michael God. Chandler or yeah. Ben Askren? No, Michael Chandler said, "Mark my words, I think." Uh, Ben Askren finished the Jake Paul. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Because I don't know if you've seen, like, videos of, of Ben Askren striking, but it's actually, like, actually pathetic. <laughs> um, I can, uh, I can, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I see the link to it. Maybe you can oh, wait, it later, Jake but... Paul trained with Masvidal. Jake Paul trained with Masvidal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake's been, uh, Jake's yeah, yeah, I know, uh, I know, I know. Logan Paul uh, wrestled with Paul Acosta, who, uh, yeah, yeah, who, uh, who's They're in both title fight against Adesanya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both, co- oh, that's yeah, that's true. Both of them, you know, both Jake Paul and Astro will, will come will be from a wrestling background. I think Logan so, won state wrestling as a high schooler when he was in high school. I think he won state. Oh, really? So he was yeah. like, he was like good, good. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I think he also wrestled in college, but like. Then he like you know Vine popped off and he became a social media star yeah. doing wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm uh, looking forward. Did you see that? That uh, so Logan Paul also, you know, announced that he'd be fighting with me, but I think it was a while ago. I think it was about a month ago. And, yeah, yeah. Okay, the fight is whatever. I mean, we we all know who's gonna win. Right? <laughs> There's no yeah, Logan Paul. Logan Paul, obviously. <laughs> I mean, listen, Logan Paul is quite a bit bigger than Floyd, but oh, we, we all know who's winning this one. The only question is like, like the only question I, I, I'm wondering is like, is Floyd going to try, or is he just going to like smurf, right? And like just win by decision, or is he actually going to go for the knockout? I'm not really sure. Right? That like oh really, God. that's the only reason we're going to watch it to watch Logan Paul get knocked out. Do you think Floyd's going to train for this? You think he's done any training whatsoever? 
I, th- I okay. I think he still wants to show up in shape, right? I think he still wants to show up with the six pack, right? Yeah, with, yeah. With, the, with the toned arms, right? Yeah, yeah. I still think he wants to show up in shape, but I don't know. Um, he certainly he certainly doesn't need a trade to to beat Logan Paul. Um, is Floyd is Floyd gonna um gain weight for this fight? I think it's better if he just stays his normal weight. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he needs to gain any weight to be. He's what one fifty. What is Logan? Yeah, he's like pretty. He's pretty light. Um, he's he's been light his whole career, actually. So even when fighting people in his division as a boxer, he was always on the little on the lighter side. Um, what is Logan? Yeah, he's only one fifty, which is kind of crazy. Logan is oh my god, Logan's like almost one ninety. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's a forty pound difference. How do you? I guess. <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter because F- Floyd's whole game is just dodging punches and you know and just trying to get hit as less as he possibly can and he's definitely taken harder punches than Logan albeit even if Logan is 40 pounds heavier than anyone Floyd's ever fought before yeah yeah I would definitely think <laughs> yeah Floyd is definitely taking heavier punches or whatever Logan gets a shot why did Floyd take this fight, man? <laughs> Logan hasn't even won a single boxing fight. He's, he's oh, one and one. I'm not sure if you saw the payment fee structure, but it's actually really interesting. Why does Floyd like, even care about the money anymore? The dude is made. The dude is richer than like most ninety nine percent of athletes. Yeah, yeah. You know he made five hundred million between his fight against Pacquiao and his fight against McGregor. McGregor, yeah, yeah. So, McGregor's UFC fighter, right? Floyd kind of, you know, didn't really try that hard. Although the fight still lasts 10 rounds. And then it gets Pacquiao, he just kind of ran around the ring. <laughs> just just played defense the whole time. And by, you know, trolling and by, you know, by camping, you know, he made $500 million. Just pretty crazy. Dude, Floyd... Did you see a Messi contract leak? That was actually crazy. Floyd Mather's net worth is, okay, he's at least $560 million, but he could actually be worth up to $1 billion. but And he is the highest paid athlete in the world. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Speaking of which, did you see Messi's contract leak? Yeah, yeah, did I did. That? That. I did see yeah, that. So, I think it was like $674 million. Yeah, I yeah, $674 million. Messi could actually be a billionaire. like, And we, we don't know because they don't really show soccer player contracts. But he yeah, could yeah, why is that? Why is that like... You know, not a. I don't know. Like, how come, like, 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 do they have to be private for legal you know, reasons? You know how Europeans are; they're more personal with these type of things, man. <laughs> okay. Us Americans, we're we're way too up up in your face about money. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, it was a four-year, six hundred seventy-four million dollar contract. It comes <laughs> out to around one hundred seventy million dollars a year. Yeah. Mahomes going to pay fifty million dollars a year, and we lost our shit. Like, actually, crazy. It's like, like Mahomes is, is in contract for ten years, and he's making five hundred million dollars total, which is less than the amount Messi's getting paid in four years. Actually, nuts, dude. And Barcelona's in debt as well. Like, they're not. They this money is coming out of nowhere. So it's actually kind of hilarious. Really. Yeah, they're in, they're they're very far in debt. I think they're. Let me let me check. I think they're almost like a billion dollars in debt or something. 
It's crazy. <laughs> wow. But to be fair, like, I don't know. Druid, you know a lot more about soccer than I do. I'm, I'm a pretty pretty casual about a, about soccer, um, or as most of the world calls it, football. So if I'm being honest, like, I don't know any Barcelona players outside of Messi, right? Yeah. And if it weren't for Messi, I certainly wouldn't even know about the club Barcelona to begin with. So mm-hmm. I think we're a player of Messi's magnitude and Messi's impact. You pay him however much um, you know, he asks for. Um, That's true. He's your whole club, right? He's your whole club. Like, there's no way Barcelona pays off a $1 billion debt without without Messi. That's um, true, but the problem is is they become way too dependent on him. I mean, that's a problem because you're not going to – soccer, it's like – it's it's almost worse than uh, – at least in football, the quarterback has such a an influence on the team. Like if you have a good quarterback, you could go a lot of places. In soccer, it's like almost every position is almost like equal in value. So if you're depending on one player to carry a team, especially now and especially in this age of, in soccer, it's – it's impossible. It's impossible to win championships. It's impossible to win league games, and that that's Barcelona's mistake. And also their failure to invest in their youth. They're, they have one good youth player, maybe, and everyone else they've been paying excess amounts of money for, which is probably why they're in debt and they're struggling right now financially and also on the field. Yeah, yeah. And I know they're having a lot of like drama within the organization with like the president and like management. Um, definitely not. Definitely does not seem like a, a club I want to. Yeah, I, I'd be happy to be a fan of right now. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, and I'll uh, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. Yo, did you hear about uh? I'm not sure if 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 you heard Turin, but in the lead up to the McGregor Poirier fight, there's actually some speculation that McGregor would fight Pacquiao. In, I think it was a boxing fight. Yes, boxing I did match. hear about that. I did hear about that. Yeah, and then, you know, obviously McGregor lost, so the fight kind of uh, disappeared. But I think a few days ago, maybe about a week ago, uh, there were, like, some announcement that Pacquiao might actually fight the 22-year-old boxing social media star Ryan Garcia. Keep in mind, Pacquiao's 42. There's a 20-year age gap between these two people. Wait, why does Pacquiao want to fight Garcia? Garcia's Garcia's on the he's, up and up, right? Yeah, he's on the up and up. I think I think he's undefeated, and in his most recent yeah. fight, he had like a, a like a like a like a body shot knockout. Not yeah, yeah. Fight. What the, is Manny Pacquiao? Is he still fighting? I thought he retired after Floyd. Didn't he? No, no he came no, out of no, retirement no. for Floyd. No, no, he's fought a lot since Floyd. He's fought a lot, quite a few times. Um, really? Pacquiao is kind of like Barcelona in that like, he's not a very good businessman. Like, like <laughs> he has a bunch of different enterprises and political endeavors in, in the Philippines that are all predicated upon you know the money he generates as a boxer. Yeah, so, it was very short sighted, and obviously you can't box forever. Um, so you know as he's you know kind of fallen off, you know as he you know stopped really contending for your know, world titles, uh, you know the boxing revenue started dwindling, right? But because of the way his business set up. He needed continuous infusions of cash, and because of that, he, he kept on fighting. Even though um, um, he probably should have tired quite. quite uh, dude, he's the senator of uh, Philippines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What does he not get paid for that? Why? Why has he got? He's got to fight, and he's got to be the senator <laughs> of, an, of an entire country. <laughs> Still not making that much money. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, Garcia's gonna knock I think Garcia is Garcia's gonna beat him. He might even, he might knock him out too. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently it's gonna be an exhibition bout bout and not like an actual like full match, which makes sense. I I don't think Pacquiao wants to do a real twelve fight. Yeah. Or like have this fight affect his record. Uh, but nonetheless, you know. Dude, you know, Pacquiao has it. Uh, his I, th- I think his last fight was in 2019, uh, halfway through 2019. So, yeah, I, I'd love to see it happen. I think it'd be great. Um, you know, see, that's the problem with really big names that's, in boxing. That's right? the problem Pacquiao. with boxing. Yeah, and Garcia. That's the problem with boxing. You know, I mean, I so many people would have wished to see Pacquiao and Mayweather when they were both in their primes, at least in like their 30s or even 20s. But the thing is, is like. Yeah. See, if that was the UFC, that fight happens, uh, like, instantly. Like, because the UFC is the only promoter in in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. MMA. Boxing, you have all of these random, like, pseudo-promoters that are, like, that are just pu- putting up, trying to negotiate fights. And fighters can pick who they want to fight, when they want to fight. UFC, that's not happening. You're under a contract, and you have to, you have to fight certain people at certain times, or... You or they will kick you out of the league, and I mean that's bad for the fighters. It's actually it's horrible for the fighters. Yeah, but yeah, and good they're, for entertainment. They're underpaid by quite a bit. Yeah, but it's good for the sport, right? Because the yeah. UFC has a figurehead like Dana, right, who has a lot of power and you know who controls an organization like the UFC. They can kind of manufacture these fights, right, and push the sport in a direction that benefits it a lot. Right, and I think that's part of the reason why UFC has grown so much, while boxing has, you know, fallen off. Because even though there's a lot of, uh, you know, autonomy and individual control on on part of each boxer, which you know allows them to become as rich as, as Floyd has become, um, you know, boxing as far as, as you know, it has diminished by quite a bit. Um, if you compare its popularity now to its popularity in the '80s and the '90s, you know, there's been a clear drop off. That's uh, that's really unfortunate. You know what Dana can't control. People, people illegally streaming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure, really sure what that was all about. So in the lead up to uh to McGregor Poirier, he was like threatening a bunch of like pirates. He was like, "Yo, like we have like this one pirate like on boss. Like we pirates want to like go arrest him." I don't know. I still found some illegal streams in like a very quick search. So I don't really know what's going on. Maybe he was just bluffing. Maybe he was just, like you know threats he couldn't back up, but. Uh, nonetheless, pirating still did happen. Illegal streaming still did happen. Uh, nice try, Dana, but you're gonna have to do more than that. Wait, didn't he have like a heart attack in the middle of the McGregor uh, Poirier fight because illegal streaming was like on an all time like high or something for the UFC? Wait, what? I think, <laughs> had, like, I think he had like a major like breakdown because of that or something. And the McGregor Poirier <laughs> fight. I'm not sure though, dude. That's hilarious. <laughs> he's gonna come down. He's gonna come to your house. And he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna knock you out for illegally yeah, stream. Joe Rogan's gonna show up to your house <laughs> and, and, and kick you to death. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and to be honest, like I don't really understand, like, like why Dana thinks he can do something about it. Like, because pirating is not something just for the UFC, right? <laughs> They're pirated streams of every sport. Football, basketball, baseball, you name it. Not even sports. If the NFL hasn't done something about it, the NBA hasn't done something about it successfully, then I find it hard to believe that 
Dana's gonna solve the problem once and for all. It's gonna save us from this <laughs> from this plague of illegal streaming. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, you know it was funny. The memes are good, um, but things <laughs> pirating, especially for UFC, which had eight, I think I think the pay per view cost eighty dollars. Yeah, geez. eighty dollars. I mean, to be a fair, lot. this is a really good card, right? Um, yeah, you have to okay, but you have to buy ESPN Plus, and then you also had to buy the pay per view. Yeah, you, you were paying for two things <laughs> just to see one fight. Yeah, um, actually. I heard ESPN went down during the fight because so many people were streaming, like, I think illegal streamers or something like that. I think they were down for a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah. I know JJ Watt actually <laughs> tweeted out something about that. Yeah, during, yeah. Uh, during the fight. He was, like, asking for a refund because his, his stream <laughs> crashed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe maybe spending a little bit less time on the Pirates really? data and spending a little bit more time on your on your own stream. Wait, why do they ask for so much money from the consumer, but they can't pay their fighters that much money? It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, I think it's because like you know, like the NFL has like a, like a player bargaining agreement where like NFL players get paid. Yeah, they're unionized, right? Of all profits, mm-hmm. um, and I think there's like similar deals with the NBA and like the, uh, yeah. like the MLB and whatnot. But UFC yeah. fighters don't really have like like a fighter association like other yeah do. I think as a result, like the UFC only pays. It's fighters like ten to twenty percent of you know, the organization's uh, profits, which mm-hmm. is way less than the NFL, yeah, um, or the NBA, or really any other major sports franchise. So outside of the super big guys like you know Habib, McGregor, you know, even like you know champions like Nagato or some other guys who are really good fighters but aren't that good at marketing or putting themselves out there, are really that rich you know at all. So yeah, it's um it's very interesting. Difference that, that you know, I'm sure the UFC will have to take front as it keeps on getting bigger and bigger. Can UFC fighters even unionize? Can you imagine Khabib and Connor <laughs> working together <laughs> to, yeah. to to yeah. negotiate against uh, Dana? Yeah, because the thing is, like, like okay, really, who has the power of the UFC? Right, the UFC does, Dana does, but the marquee fighters also do, right? Like, if Dana, yeah, <laughs> Dana's like some girl obsessed with a guy, right? <laughs> You're trying to chase up to Khabib. To get a thirty fight, right? Yeah. I mean, this guy is in love with Habib, and he was he was in love with Connor when when Connor was back at his peak, right? So really, the people of the power over mixed martial arts are the UFC, Dana, and the big marquee fighters, right? Yeah. Well, who doesn't have power then, right? It's the average, you know, kind of journeyman, kind of mm-hmm. on the verge of contending fighters, right? And these are the people who are most underpaid, right? But Connor and Khabib, they're not worrying about the paycheck. They're not worrying about the money, right? You know, they're made men. They have all the money they need, right? So as soon as, you know, someone you know, kind of reaches the Connor Khabib level, albeit there aren't that many of them, they kind of lose interest in guaranteeing high pay for the rest of the fighters, right? So once you've finally achieved a position where you can push for better pay, you are better paid in the first place to the point you, you wouldn't necessarily feel the need to push better pay so it's a it's a system that i don't think will change anytime soon but we'll definitely hear more and more about as the ufc continues to get bigger yep uh i think we should uh wrap it up yeah or yeah yeah i think it's good okay so this has been uh tarun and sean talking about fighting again something that nick and ricky know nothing about um Mm -hmm. 
But in three seconds, I'm going to count down, and we're going to cut straight to uh, Ricky doing the outro, outro in three, two, one. All right. So um, today we just recapped conference championships. Bucks Packers uh, it was Kevin King's fault, clearly. Um, Bills Chiefs that wasn't really a game to begin with. Um, and we talked about Deshaun Watson trade rumors um, and the QB market with Matthew Stafford. Um, and then we obviously had to touch upon the Bears organization because we have two very diehard Bears fans here, and just we just got to. And a Kevin King hater. Bears <laughs> fans and a Kevin King hater. Yes. That's what our podcast consists of. And uh, Sean's not here today because of the stomach bug once again. Um, but sushi he, incident. He's, a, he's a bandwagon in our hearts. So two yeah. diehard Bears fans, Kevin King hater and a bandwagon. Signing off.